way you outdid yourself again. <laughs> Dear friends in Christ, a grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, I'd like to base my uh, thoughts with you this morning on uh, one, uh, one verse taken from 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. And it's in, in your bulletin. We read it this morning, heard it read this morning. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we indeed come before your holy throne again this morning, much in need of your grace, your love, your forgiveness, your guidance. Lord, your, your incredible patience, O oh Lord, for us. We, we just give you thanks and praise, Lord, that you have showered upon us blessing upon blessing. Lord, we pray uh, also for our, these graduates, Father, that, that the, the blessing and the favor of Jesus may be over them their entire life. We ask, O oh Lord, that you guide them, bless them, show them, Lord, new dimensions of the life that you have for them. And now, Lord, I, I pray that the words of uh, my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together may be acceptable, dear Lord, in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, I had two older brothers, Bob and Ken. So we had Bob, Ken, and Tom. I was the, I was the tail end of one. Uh, my brothers are eight and ten years older than I am. My oldest brother will turn 82. Oh, wow. <laughs> my oldest brother will turn 82, and guess what? I'm ten years younger than he is, so I always have that cushion that's kind of built in there. Anyway, uh, both of my brothers uh, went to the University of Illinois School of Agriculture. And while they were there, both of them got their uh, pilot's license. And uh, so over the years of growing up, you kind of want to be like your brothers, you know. And so I decided that uh, when I was in my first parish out in Nebraska, that I would take a pilot's license, uh, pilot training, and see if I could get a license. <clears throat> So uh, the, the nearest airport with that kind of a, 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 a in, a structure was at Crete, Nebraska. And so I drove to Crete, Nebraska once a week for several months. And uh, finally, uh, and then we, so you know how it, know, it would go. <clears throat> you, uh, you meet the instructor, get on the airplane, you fly around a little bit, and then you come and land. And you kind of do that over and over again until you kind of got it down pretty well. So one, uh, one afternoon, I'll never forget it, uh, we uh, flew out, flew around a little bit, and uh, came in for a landing, and then he said to me, let me out. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about this. But I said, okay, I'll give it a try. So I was going to, my, it would be my first attempt to fly solo. <laughs> and, uh, um, so I, I, uh, I, I remember all the instructions of the, the, my instructor. By the way, this instructor, he was bad news. Um, he was nasty and sarcastic and just not fun to be with. But if you wanted somebody to teach you how to fly an airplane, this was the guy that would do it. So anyway, I, he got out of the plane, and uh, uh, so I remembered all the things that he had told me and watched for traffic and all that stuff. So I pushed the throttle forward, and the plane took off like a rocket <laughs> because I didn't have the 200 guy, pound guy sitting next to me. So anyway, I followed instructions and went out and around and 
uh, I won't go into all the gory details, but I, I got up and went around and, and um, came in. And because he wasn't in the seat, uh, the, the plane had a, had a hard time settling to the runway. You know what I mean? And uh, so, oh, I was awful high. I was awful high coming in. Uh, but I got the wheels to touch down, throttled back, and then headed back to the, to the, to the hangar. And I was, I was pretty proud of myself. Um, but it didn't always go that way. <laughs> I remember one time that um, uh, we had flown out, and I was, and I, he was letting me fly it, but he was in the cockpit, and uh, and uh, I was coming in too low, and uh, I didn't know what to do. I started to panic. I didn't remember the sequence, the stuff to do, and he grabbed the the yoke, <coughs> the yoke, and pushed the throttle forward, and we landed fine. But I probably heard four other words that I had probably never heard before. <laughs> And anyway, but the, 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 the words, when I, on, my, on that first solo flight, the words of the instructor kept echoing through my head. <clears throat> you know, okay, um, watch your traffic, take off, go down, fly to the pattern, and come around back. And uh, again, watch for traffic, throttle back uh, 800 uh, feet above the runway, and then whatever. I forget now. <laughs> 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 But anyway, uh, um, the words of the instructor kept going through my head. Can you imagine what would I have, if I had tried to fly an airplane without the words of the instructor echoing through my mind? <clears throat> there, there are times uh, in our lives when we think that somehow, some way, we have the ability to fly it alone, that somehow we can land this plane, somehow we can find our way successfully home, all by ourselves. But the problem comes in, in that uh, when I think I can fly this plane alone, my life alone, things start to happen, and, I, and, and it's just not fun anymore. So uh, it's not only flying alone, it's the idea that I'm going to be able, have to fly into a storm once in a while, and I'm not sure that I could make it through this storm. I, I don't know if, there, if any of you here this morning are going through some kind of a storm. I hope not. I hope everything is good for you. But if there's kind of a, a storm that you're feeling in life, you come to the right place. <laughs> you came to the right place this morning. Maybe, maybe it's uh, problems with health, chronic illness, chronic pain that keeps nagging at you and pulling, pulling you away from the faith in the one true God that you once knew. Or maybe your, your heart is breaking this morning for your children and your grandchildren either who are facing ill health issues or are just making bad decisions about their life and, and you just are crying out to God for them. Or maybe the storm that you're facing this morning has something to do with finances and there's never enough month, <laughs> there's too much month left at the end of the money. <laughs> and, and maybe your theme song is um, Shirley Visa and MasterCard shall follow me. Can I be in the choir? Can I be in the choir now? Is that okay? 
all those kinds of things track after us. Or maybe, or maybe it is a fascination or a lust for the things of this world that have messed up your inner compass and you're starting to wonder, how do I find my way home? I love this, I love First John. And I think that First John chapter 4, verse 5, could be, maybe, just could be the answer you need in your life. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. That's what I wanted to get at. I want, I want you to say it with me. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Ready? For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Do you believe that? Do you believe that with all your heart? May I even dare even ask, are you born of God? If you believe this morning that Jesus Christ came and uh, born as a baby, died and rose again, and that he died on the cross to be your Lord and Savior, then you are born of God. And that means that you are an overcomer. You are an overcomer. And I want to tell you, not only to our graduates, but everybody here, the world does not want you to be an overcomer. The world wants you to wallow in your own self-pity. The world wants you to be a helpless victim of all the bad things that can happen. But you are not a, a loser. You're an overcomer because Jesus lives. Because Jesus lives. One chapter earlier, you, you, uh, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, listen to this. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. I love that verse. I've clung to that verse so many times. So many times when I felt defeated. So many times when I felt, I don't know if I can go on. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Do you believe that Jesus Christ loved you and died for you and gave his life for you? Then you are an overcomer because the power of God lives in you. Amen? Yes? All right. Now, do you believe that Jesus, uh, uh, there is, yes, 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 there is more to this verse. Listen to this. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. And who is it that overcomes the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? If you, are, if you know that Jesus lives and, and lives in your heart and you walk with him every day, then you have a power that is at work in you that no one else in this world will know. If you believe that Jesus is the Christ, you can face every challenge every mountain, every burden that may come to you. I want to tell you another quick little story about my life. And uh, <clears throat> um, When I was uh, in college, it's actually my first or second year in college, and uh, things weren't just going well. I didn't enjoy it. Um, 
I didn't feel like college uh, material. <laughs> and uh, um, I had uh, German every morning at seven, uh, 7.50. And uh, that was not good for me. That was not good for me or the instructor. But I wanted, and I, there came a time in my first year that I wanted to quit college so bad I could taste it. And uh, I wrote to my dad, and I said, Dad, I want to come home. And Dad, bless his heart with all the wisdom of a father, he said, you can come home, just finish out the semester. <laughs> the semester comes and you wind up signing up for the next courses and so on. And so anyway, I wound up staying. <clears throat> when I was at uh, Concordia College in Moorhead, Minnesota, there was a group of us that got together quite often for Christian fellowship. Uh, we, uh, it was uh, kind of a Saturday night uh, get-together, and uh, we had, I don't know, 15 to 20 people that came. And, and uh, out of that uh, time was one of the most encouraging times that I had in my life. And um, from that prayer fellowship, there came a song that you will find printed in your bulletin this morning. And I would invite you, please, if you would, to take it out. The song is entitled, uh, I Look Not Back. You probably have not heard it before. It's an old, old, uh, old, old hymn. Uh, it's more of a campfire type, type song. But uh, here's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to, first of all, we're going to read each verse individually, out, to, out loud together as a congregation. And then I'll make a couple comments about that verse, and we'll go through each one of them. And then uh, I have some closing comments, and then we'll, we will join as we sing uh, this uh, song, uh, and Emily will lead us. Anyway, I, again, I, I want you to keep this in mind of a, a struggling college student who wanted to quit, and these, this song touched my life, and probably had more to do with my staying at, involved in, in uh, college and seminary and ministry than just about any other song I've, I've known. I look not back. God knows the fruitless efforts. Let's say it together. Ready? I, I look not back. God knows the fruitless efforts, the wasted hours, the sinning, the regrets. I leave them all with him who blots the record and graciously forgives and then forgets. So I ask the question, do we ever look back? Oh, yes, we do. We do look back. <clears throat> The Bible tells us to remember the rock from which we have been hewn. Remember the, 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 uh, uh, the faith of, of which we are a part that has gone back for centuries. Yes, we look back, but we'll only look back to see the hand of God at work in my life and in the world. I look not back to see my glories because when I look back most of the time, I see, I see failures and shortcomings. Altogether, the second verse. I look not forward. God sees all the future. The road that short or long will lead me home. And he will face with me its every trial and bear for me the burdens that may come. Do we look forward? Is it okay to look forward? You bet it is. Um, we look forward uh, we, uh, we, pl we plan, we set goals as our college kids have done, our, our graduates, and we, we look forward uh, to what God has in store for us. Yes, we look forward, 
but we do not look forward without Jesus Christ as my pilot. If I look forward and I do not see God in my future, everything comes up short. We believe and confess that as we look to Christ at last verse, he will bear for us the burdens that may come. And that is the case for you as well. Now the uh, third verse, all together on the third verse, ready? I look not inward, that would make me wretched. For I have nothing on which to stay my trust. Nothing I see, save failures and shortcomings. And weak endeavors crumbling into dust. That too often is the case. Too often as we look inward, we see our failure. We see our shortcomings. We see how we've messed up in our marriage and with our family and with our community and with the, uh, all the people that are around us. Sometimes we've made terrible mistakes. But yes, we look, we, uh, so we do not look inward to our mistakes, but we look inward to see God at work. God blessing us, God using us, and so on. Let's take the last verse together. Ready? But I look up into the face of Jesus, for there my heart can rest. My fears are stilled, and there is joy and love and light for darkness and perfect peace and every hope fulfilled. Isn't that beautiful? I think I scared her. Don't worry about it. Um, my old saying goes, you know, this better a, a crying baby than a snoring saint. So, <laughs> we love you. Uh, Jesus Christ wants to be your true north. He wants to be more than your guiding star. Jesus Christ wants to be at the helm. He wants to have the yoke of your life in his hands because he wants to direct you, to bless you, watch over you, and use you every day in, your, in the kingdom. I think this verse a lot is summed up in um, Psalm, Psalm 73, 26. My flesh and my heart may fail, but the Lord is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. This morning, I simply want to invite each of you to give yourself to Jesus Christ. Take him with you into the battles that you face. Take him into the grief and the sadness that you feel today of a lost loved one. Take Jesus Christ with you into the fear and the uncertainty of the future. And take him with you into whatever darkness and heaviness you feel. And so I invite you this morning to let Jesus Christ be the true north of your life. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Take hold of faith. Let go of doubt and give Jesus Christ a chance to make the difference in your life. Heavenly Father, we do indeed love you. Heavenly Father, 
I confess, Lord, I've tried to fly this plane all by myself. I've tried to direct my own life, Lord, in ways that are not always pleasing to you. But, Lord, here I am. Here we are, Lord, this morning, and we stand in need of your love and grace. We thank you, Lord, for your promise that whoever believes in you has overcome the world. And so, Lord, in that we send these graduates off knowing that you love them, knowing that you have a place for them in your kingdom and plans for their life, plans for good and not for evil. Lord, be with us as we go. In Jesus' holy name, amen.